Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman, and I'll be moderating this discussion today. Amit Barak, co-founder of Jerusalemites Initiative, joined me for a pre-recorded webinar to discuss Israel's Arab Christians. Wither? Mr. Barak will speak for 15 minutes and open it up then answer questions. Unfortunately, since this was a pre-recorded webinar, we are unable to ask questions from the audience today. And with that, I'll turn the discussion over to Amit Barak. Good evening from Israel. So we are going to speak today about the historical change among the Arabic speaking Christians in Israel. Why do I use Arabic speaking and not Christian Arabs? I will tell you in a few minutes. In Israel, the Christians are a small minority. They are only 2% of the population, 175,000, within the bigger minority of 1.3 million Arab Muslims. And for all there is also today, they are part of the Arab sector. But in 2012, after they saw what's happening with Christians in the Middle East around Israel, in Syria and uh, Iraq mostly, but also in Egypt, the Palestinian Authority, Libya and others. They woke up and a group of Christians officers that served in the IDF or in the Israeli police, together with the Greek Orthodox priest from Nazareth, Father Gabriel Nadav, stood up and for the first time in the history of Israel and the history of the Christian community in Israel, called loud and uh, in, in public for Christian use to volunteer to the IDF. When I say volunteer, you have to understand that the law in Israel obligates me as a Jew to join the, to serve in the IDF. It's also include Druze and Circassians, but Arabs, Muslims or Arab speaking Christians, they are not obligated by the law but they can volunteer if they want. So that call of Father Gabriel and the officers made a lot of noise, but they said, look, for all there is, we have been told and, and we, we thought that we are part of the big Arab nation, but how that could be if we are part of the big Arab nation and they persecuted us, they persecuted our brothers and sisters, they killed them, they raped, they, they they burned the churches. So what do you talk about? And we are here, live in a safe haven in the state of Israel, the Jewish state. So we have to stand up and we have to defend our home. Israel is our home. We have to do it. It's unfair. And, and the reality, now we see the reality. So that was the, the, the first reason for that, uh, for that call to defend Israel, to defend the homeland, the, the home of the Christians. And the other reason was that serving in the IDF is the best uh, ticket to enter into the Israeli society of the Jewish uh, majority, to become part, to become part of, of building the state and building the society together to fix the problems. Israel is not a perfect place. There's no perfect place, but we need to build it together in, in partnerships. And, and for all the years, the, the Christians were inside the Arab sector, were, were sitting 
in the other side or on the fence and not taking any act as, as a collective, as, as, as a community. Of course, I'm, I'm speaking about integration into the, the society and everything. You can find Christians, judges in the Supreme Court. You can find directors of hospital. You can find Christians in high tech company, in, in the culture scene, in sport, in every aspect of the labor market, of the Israeli society, but as individuals for their own career, not as representative of the of the community itself and not as, as a representative it in the name of Israel, not speaking behalf of, of Israel. And that call on the summer of 2012 made a lot of noise in the other side. And many elements, or not many, but there were some prominent elements within the Christian community a mainly politician from the Communist Party or the Nationalist Party, which are together these days in the joint Arabist, also elements, radical elements within the Muslims, and also NGOs, left radical NGOs, including uh, uh, Jewish activists, or, or stood up and, and tried to stop this historical change. And they stopped not only by, by talking, also uh, with violent acts against some Christian activists, against the son of the, of the priest, against even soldiers in uniform. But this time, no one took step back. This change continues. And we have to understand that most of the Christians, the Arabic speaking Christians in, in Israel are living inside the uh, Arab Muslims uh, towns and villages and some others in, in mixed uh, cities with Arab Muslims and Jews. And when you live, when, when you live inside this environment, which not accept at that time mostly, not accepting this step of volunteering into the IDF, it's caused problems to you as individual, to your family, you suffer from violence, from boycott if you have a business. Even I heard few cases that, that Christians who served in the IDF had problems to, to find partner for life, to get married because, because of it. But it's begun already. And how do we know that it was uh, successful or on the right way? The average numbers of Christians who volunteered to the IDF until 2013-2014, when this process got more, more and, and uh, more uh, vocal and, and real, the number was 35, average of 30, 35 Christians who volunteered the IDF and about maybe dozen more to the national uh, civil service. And already in 2014, less than two years since this call and this movement began, there were, the number of Christians who volunteered to the IDF was around 100. In 2015, the number was around 100 Christians that volunteered to the IDF and another 500 that volunteers into the national service. And that's out of a number of uh, 1,800 
Christians who graduated high school. So that was a dramatic uh, change. The second dramatic step was that when they began, and I forgot to say that I'm into, into this process almost from the first day. I, I used to be the project manager of Father Gabriel. He established an organization at that time, Israeli Christian Recruitment Forum. Also in, in English, we call it Christian Empowerment Council. The, the, when, we, when we began all that, we spoke about volunteering into the IDF. That was the, that was the base. And then we spoke about national service. And then we said, that's not enough. It's not enough only to volunteer to the IDF. We need, it, it should be integration in all aspects. And also education. The Christians, they, they began to say, okay, we understood we are not really part of the, the Arab nation. So who, who we are actually, what are we talking about? And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh, Arabic-speaking Christians and not Arab uh, or not Christians Arab, it's because they understood that they also have to get involved into education. They have to teach the Christians, mostly the young generation, but also the others about the historical roots of the Christians in, in Israel and around in the area. The term, Christian Arab is only from the 6th century, 7th century after the, the from the 7th century and then 8th century after the, the, Arab, the Arab Muslims uh, conquered the, the area. Until that time, the spoken language here was uh, Aramaic, like English today. People spoke Aramaic, Jews, Greek, uh, Christians, that was the spoken language. But slowly, slowly, after the Arab, the Muslims came here, the Arabic replaced the Aramaic, and then also the culture changed. And from that time, we began to hear the term uh, Christian Arab. But the Christians here, as part of this historical change, they decided that they have to speak about the real roots, the historical roots, before the Arab Muslims came here, that they are descendants of the, the first Jews who followed Jesus, that they are descendants of uh, Armenian tribes who used to be here, uh, north of Israel, uh, Assyrian tribes and other tribes, and, but they are not Arabs. And in uh, September 2000, the, um, 16, the Minister of Interior at uh, that time, he took a decision after a long uh, process with scholars and, and everything that proved him about the, the roots of, of the historical roots of the Christian. He took a, another historical uh, change, another big uh, dramatic uh, step to recognize the Aramean as nationality in Israel, in the registry of the interior um, ministry. So today, if you are a 
Christian in Israel and, and you're registered as Arab, there are some conditions. You have to be part of uh, some five uh, uh, churches and some, you, you need some more other um, uh, documents to prove and you can change. It's, it's a bureaucracy um, process, but you can change your registry from Arab to, to Aramean. And if your, your kid is born, you can right away write him under Aramean. And that was a symbolic step for, for the Christians here. There are still not that many who did this step because it's, it's a long step. It's, you know, people don't like to, to go to court. You have to go to court. You have to, to yeah, you have to apply to, to many documents and everything. But it's, it's, it was a, a symbolic place. And, and now the, the second step should be education. And th this is even harder to change the program in the Ministry of Education in Israel. It's not something uh, simple. And uh, you need to find a minister like that time, the Minister of Interior at that time that will understand that he has a chance to, to change, a real change. I believe it will come. So most of the Christians I work with until today, today I'm doing it with the Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, we established an uh, organization called Jerusalemites Initiative. Most of them, they don't refer themselves as uh, Christian Arab. So, or Aramean or as Christians, so Arabic-speaking Christians. So we we prefer to use the term Arabic-speaking Christians. Arabic is their uh, uh, mother language. That's the culture. But they know that historically they are not uh, Arabs and they, they are not afraid to say that. And this is an ongoing, uh, uh, ongoing process. You have ups, you have downs but the change has been done. Father Gabriel himself, he quit, he back to the church. He said, I did it. I lead this movement for five years. I broke the wall of fears. I opened the doors. Now someone else should take it. And there are now some, uh, there are few small organizations that are uh, doing it in different areas of Israel. And it's uh, going a little bit slower than I expected, but better than uh, nothing. All right, well, thank you so much. We'll be moving on to the questions now. The first one in is what percentage of conscripts are currently among all Christians of conscription age and what are the other challenges in this regard? So the number is still around uh, 100 uh, Christians who volunteer to save in the IDF. I think now it's like two, they change it now for everyone. It's, it used to be two years of service. Now it's two years and eight, uh, eight, eight months. So the number is still unfortunately around uh, 100, but the, the IDF is developing more and more programs. We have now a programs that uh, for uh, Christians in the age of 30, 35 and uh, up to 50, you can come and make a program of two weeks, and then you you become part of the IDF uh, uh, reserve, and, and you are doing reserve. So there are more and more Christians joining this uh, 
program also uh, in the last years. Also, right now we are working uh, on it. Um, but the number is somewhere, and I must say that after Father Gabriel um, went back to the church, things got slowed down. Slow down also with the national uh, service, um, but still on the air. But uh, you know, it was it was a big jump, and now it's 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 a line. And but things are getting, I mean, improving. The the IDF is all the time improving. Also the other authorities. But uh, you know, it depends on the atmosphere. It depends on politics. There are many things that changing, but that's the number every year. So um, I believe now, right now, currently, there are more than 200 uh, Christians serving uh, the IDF and few hundred, uh, even more than few hundred uh, Christian uh, reservists on reserve. And do you think that the Christians should be required to be recruited to find anything like Jews and Druze? I think yes, but not yet. This is also something when we began, we thought that it should be it should be like that, but we understood that we should give it a time. One of the problems is the, the, the lack of knowledge about the IDF. I mean, Christian families, they, they don't really know what the service is. They don't know how the IDF is built. Mothers are naturally afraid to send their, their kids. So it should be step, uh, step uh, by step. I, I hope we will get there, but step by step. I don't think we have to rush with this. The Druze did it in, in the late uh, 50s. It was different times. I, the mistake of the Christian was that they didn't do it that time. But now it should be a, a slow and uh, wise process. And again, what missing is the, the education, because this is very important. If you're, you're not fit connected, if you don't know who you are, it's much more difficult to, for you to understand why to, why to do it here. Why should That's I do it? Very good point there. Uh, so what is the willingness among the Arab people in the next election to vote for Netanyahu rather than the Arab parties? I think that he is going to to have some some votes more than some. Yeah, Netanyahu did uh, as a politician. He did a wise step. I think it's even came too late. I spoke with one of the advisors of the Likud in the last elections, and I told him you should find some someone from the Arab sector from the Christian community. They are great people who want to be part. Come, you should do it. And, and now it's, it's happening. And I think that many, many Arabs, Muslims, Arabs, and many Arabic speaking Christians are waiting for this. It won't happen also in one day. The Arab joint will not disappear. But um, it's, if it won't be only this election and it's going to be from now on, we will see a, a real uh, change. That's what I, I believe. So we have two follow-up questions on that one. Can you comment on Bibi's reaching out to different Arab mayors and where do you see the joint list in the future? Will it break apart? 
I think the join list will break apart as they were a few years ago, three small uh, parties. Um, I think that in the coming election, they will, they will lose some of their um, power. And uh, yeah, again, I can understand uh, Netanyahu's step uh, politically. It's a wise step. We went to the mayor of Nazareth. It's a, it's a, a big uh, Arab town, very symbolic. This mayor is known as uh, one who says what he thinks and with his bad um, relations with the joint Arab list. So Netanyahu and him found a common base common political base. So politically, what Netanyahu did is, is right. I hope that the other Arabs who will join the Likud party and also other Zionist party will be more connected with the ideas, not only uh, on uh, politically interest, but really with ideology of supporting, of being, of being a part of the Israeli society, of the state, of supporting the, the, the Jewish Zionist state. I, 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 think the, it, I think it will be the, the, the next thing that we'll see after, after the political interest. Understood. And can Israeli Arabs be expected to join the Abraham Accords? I believe many of them do want to join. Again, it's the, the thing of the of the environment of, of where they live. And, but I believe that many of them won't. I, or, I believe that many of them already went to, to the Emirates to travel. They will benefit because they are citizens of Israel. They will benefit like we are all going to benefit. But again, they, 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 they have the, the politicians who oppose Israel in, in every way, every aspect, who do not really care about the Arabs in Israel. They care more about the so-called Palestinians. So again, it will be part, part of the, the change. They, they see what's going on in the Middle East. They see Israel and their relations. And I think they, they, will, they know that it's the future is with Israel and they should jump on the train. I just hope that things will continue uh, with all the change now also in the States. Yes, well, on that note, would you care to comment on how you think a Biden administration will look for your uh, outreach? That's, you know, things really change dramatically recently recently here in the Middle East. It, it, will be, it will be horrible if, if we move back with the relations with the, the Arab uh, countries. And people here in Israel really scared about it. Not, not only be, because Iran, that's too, but also because Israelis they really like peace. They want peace. They want. They don't want to give up who they are and what they have, but they really, they really want peace. And people are really afraid that it's going to change again, as it used to be for all the years. And so we are praying it won't. But uh, who knows? 
Yes, only time will tell. Um, so you've done amazing outreach with the Christian Arabs. Do you have high hopes you can expand your outreach to Israeli Muslims? I can tell you that in the last eight years, we had uh, many calls from uh, Muslims, from Arab Muslims who asked to volunteer to the IDF. We helped in those cases as well. Um, so I believe, again, there are many Arab Muslims, if they will feel, they will not fear and they will feel more secure, they will take that uh, step. We will see the numbers increasing. We have to be ready for that because it's again, it's a lack of knowledge and, and they don't really know about the IDF, but, but uh, yes, and I can tell you that Today I got a call from, not from a Muslim, but from Christians, from the Palestinian Authority who asked me if he's able to volunteer into the IDF. And it's not the first time that it's happening. So both Christians and Muslims, there are more and more people who asking about it. And, and many of them are not taking the step, but it's in the mind of, of many, not the majority, but many as before. Understood. And you did mention that there were violent acts and boycotts against the, the Christians who were joining. And yeah, has that subsided in recent years? I lost, I lost you for a few seconds. Oh, terribly sorry. Are we back now? Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So you mentioned that there was violence and boycotts against uh, Christians who were volunteering for the IDF. Has that subsided in recent years? Yeah, we don't see that much anymore. And I can tell you more than that. Christians, also Arab Muslims who volunteer to the IDF, they have a special permission before they go back to their villages, to the families, they can change their uniforms. And, and put the gun in, in, the, in the bag so no one will know they are serving. But again, as part of, of this change, of this movement, that's also changed. More and more felt um, proud and, and, and confident to wear the uniforms and to publish. The, they used to send us photos of them with uniform and, and, and in their unit with, with their friend, the Jews or Druze holding their weapons. And they asked us to, we had few Facebook um, pages. They asked us to publish it on Facebook pages. And it's changing. There are some places that still, uh, for Jerusalem, for example, that still some of the soldiers are uh, not wearing uniforms when they go back home. But in the north of Israel, most of them, most of the Christians, and I think also many of the Arab Muslims who volunteer, they wear the uniform, they, they don't afraid anymore. Sometimes you can hear about violence, but, but again, not, not as, it, 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 as it used to be five, six, seven uh, years ago. I think also the Arab sectors, also the elements that oppose, they are, understanding that that's it you can you cannot stop this uh, change you cannot stop this movement and and they lost they can and they still do they still act they're trying to to harm the process 
with uh, a lot of money that comes from European governments into NGOs, it's still there, but um, they don't have uh, much success. Well, that's good to hear. Only a few years, five, six years, that's quite an improvement. Uh, so the big, a big issue, are you still receiving any pushback from Christians over the nation state law? I don't hear about it. Uh, anymore from Christians. Mostly, actually, mostly Jews speak against this, the state law. And again, it, this is uh, um, unfortunately uh, radical left organizations and, and foundation uh, invested a lot of money in this uh, propaganda. And uh, unfortunately, in that, they are succeeding. And the, the, the other side, the, those who wrote this law, they were wrong in explaining the minorities that actually this law is not against them and not going to, to harm them and it's got nothing to do with them. It's a little bit uh, too late now and, and uh, I, I hope that for next time, things will, uh, will be done uh, in, a, in a different way. Of course, now when the Arab sectors are, when we see elements that are getting closer into the uh, Likud and right-wing uh, parties, so the politician should give a thought to this kind of, of not of laws because this law is necessary, but but how to present the laws to the minority to make them partners also in getting this kind of decision in writing this law. I, I told one of the guys who was involved in writing this law, you should have bring Druze into the process from the beginning. I hope that this, those things will, will be part of the change. The change should be also among the the Jewish majority, not only the minorities. Also, we have to understand that things are changing. Of course, that's a fantastic point. And for our last question of the day, where can our viewers find more information on your work? I, I have my uh, Facebook uh, um, uh, user. We have a website of uh, Jerusalemites Initiative, and we have also a Facebook of Jerusalemites Initiative. That's more or less where we, we you can find more information. I wrote a few articles in English about this in the last years. Um, but I must say that most of the work we are doing in Jerusalem is being uh, uh, underground quietly. In Jerusalem, we are still um, acting in the same old way like the Christians in the North did before 2012. In Jerusalem, it's, it's a different uh, story. The Palestinian identity, Palestinian politics, pal and Palestinian uh, elements are very strong in the, the Arab neighborhoods in Jerusalem and it uh, affects the Christians. Every Christian family in Jerusalem they have also relatives in Bethlehem, in Ramallah, so it's very complicated. So in Jerusalem, we, we act more, much more uh, careful in this, uh, in this uh, process. It's a big challenge, 
but we, we had me and my partner Elia Zarena, he is a Christian from Jerusalem, we decided two years ago that we should bring the process from the Galilee, from the north to Jerusalem, but in a, in a slow way, in a marathon, we know it's going to take much longer. Understood. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you very much. Well, thank you all for joining us. We've come to the close of our webinar. For our viewers, please join us Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for an update with Ashley Perry. And thank you all for joining us again, and I hope you have a great day.